wish I could speak this word this morning from my knees, quite frankly. That is the posture, really, I'd like to take this morning. A posture of um, weakness and a posture of humility. Why? Because I really don't have anything to give personally. Nothing of value. Amen? But this revelation this morning here is a revelation of all revelations. Hey! This revelation this morning is a revelation that activates other revelations. Revelations that you have heard from the word of God. Huh! But you're not giving any expression to it. This particular revelation, if you can grab it this morning, huh! you can activate those understandings that God has given you and you have not re received. You have not received them, the fullness of them in your life. This morning, come with me spiritually this morning. Huh! Don't let this be your mind. Don't let this be your body. Hey! Come spiritually this morning. I'll take it from scripture so you can see. I'm not telling you to come with me. Huh! Spiritually this morning. Let's go to the book of Corinthians. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2 and verses 13. There is another realm. There is another world that exists. Huh! Another realm. Another world. And it's a trillion times more powerful than this, what we see with the eye and ear. Huh! And that does not give explanation to that dimension, to that world. Huh! And how do you get there? How do you visit that place? And you're staying on earth. 1 Corinthians 2 and verses 13. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches but which the holy spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual and look at the kicker now but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of god for they are foolishness to him the natural man does not receive the things of god for they are foolishness unto him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Huh! If you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you can be activated accordingly that you might understand this type of dialogue that we're having here today. But you have to allow your spirit, the man on the inside, the Christ man on the inside, to quicken your mind this morning. Or else this thing here is going to elude you. Huh! And you would have come up here and not received. Allow your spirit. Huh! And the spirit of God that would can touch your spirit. To give you this understanding this morning. It will quicken your mind. Huh! And even compel your physical body. Come this morning spiritually guys. Your life can change. Uh, we are taking this revelation all the way into Wednesday evening prayer. If you want your life to change, this revelation all the way into Wednesday prayer, and you're going to commune with God uh, the rest of the day, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Through, If you do that for these three days, you're going to meet the King of Kings. Huh! 
you're going to have an encounter with him in a way that is going to change your life. Jesus was speaking to the Jews in uh, John, John 8, 43, and he was, he was saying to them, why do you not understand my speech? Why do you not understand my speech? Imagine this. Oh, when we go to a job interview, we know the position that that individual has to open the door for us professionally, financially. And this can affect so many other areas of our life. When we go to um, college, we know the type of things that it can teach us there that we might apply it in life and make a living, right? Every state, when we go to the supermarket, we know what value they, are, they have. And look at this now, guys. God, huh, is before us and he's speaking to us. And we misunderstand what he can do. Why do you not understand my speech? Jesus was saying. You know who was saying that? God, huh, the one that the creator of the heavens and earth, all things were made by him and for him and here he was trying to convince people to, to listen to him and we are so enthused to go meet with a, a person who's going to do a job interview you see what happens when you do things with, with this when you when you do business with only the intellect and think that the only thing that exists is what you see with the eyes and what you hear with the ear and can understand with the senses you're stagnant and Jesus was trying to get their understanding that there is a deeper dimension and for you to come into that dimension and experience that kingdom and that dimension he was and he is the door is the entrance way huh, into that kingdom and he's still saying it today his, his, his conversation his argument his question is huh, why do you not understand my speech let another day pass by. Let not another day pass by where you don't un understand the language of the one who made you, the one who created you. Let it not be. And wherever you are, even if you know him, huh, there is another level that he wants you to know him. And he's going to quicken your spirit today that you might step up the ladder and come into greater understanding and revelation and relationship with him. Huh. When the word of God is preached, it's an invitation, it's an act into that encounter, into that experience, into that revelation, into living that word that was expressed to you. Let's not come and go home without receiving from God this morning. You know, think about your car. Your car has so many different components to it. It has an engine, the car has a transmission, the car has an electrical system, it has a battery, and there are four tires. And every area of that car is dependent on the other area for it to work and to function. Your engine is in perfect, the central part of the car, the engine. It's in perfect order. Hello? And one flat tire. Nothing is wrong with your transmission. And what flat, one flat tire, and you can't go down the road. Or your tires are fine your transmission is fine and something goes wrong with your engine this wonderful car the seats are looking brand new everything 
look like it should go, but it's not moving. That's how it is in the spirit. You can understand many different things. And one revelation oh, can be holding you back. If you have a crack on the window, a small crack, it might not be a big deal. No. If you have a hole in the roof and it's not raining currently, you might not have a problem. No. But wait until spring. Hold that thing too long. Huh! And that thing will leak and destroy the rest of the car. If you have a flaw huh! in your faith and you leave it unattended, as the Spirit of God is telling you to deal with it, or if you just disregard spiritual things and disregard the message of Jesus Christ like the world is doing, sooner or later, the repercussions are going to be enormous, eternally enormous. So when the Lord speaks, we are to listen. We are to heed his word. Amen? Let's go to the book of uh, Ephesians. Ephesians 2 and verses 8. The message is titled this morning, The Enemy of God's Power in Your Life. The Enemy of God's Power in Your Life, in Your Personal Life and in Your Ministerial Life. The Enemy of God's Power in Your Life. Why is it that Jesus Christ spoke and said this, that His believers, His followers, would do the very same works that he did and even greater works because he goes to the Father and yet still we are not seeing the expression of these words that he spoke in our lives what would, what, what would be the detective work that you would do no at that point if you truly believe that Jesus is and that you believe that he is the truth huh! the question would be well, what is the hindrance of God's power flowing in my life, in my circumstances, in my family, and in my ministry? Why is it that when I pray for people, they don't get healed? Why is it when I speak to people, they don't get saved? That's what we're going to explore this morning. And if a man, if a woman, huh, will meditate on this this morning, there will be a, cos a cosmic expression of God out of your life. Huh? You will release the same power that Jesus Christ released out of this revelation. It's not anything scientific or intellectual. Huh! It's with simplicity. It's out of weakness that we receive this word this morning. Ephesians 2 and verses um, 8. For by, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. We have been saved by grace. Those who have heard the message of the cross of Jesus Christ, how he came into this world and died on that cross to undo the error, the mistake, the sin of the first Adam. It, that is sheer the sheer mercy and grace of God. The unmerited mercy and grace of God. Nothing that we did to receive that. We understand grace, the goodness and grace of God in that context. Most believers you talk to, we use the word grace in our conversations, Christian conversations, loosely. And it's 
it is the unmerited grace and goodness of God. Let's shift also now to um, the word grace is used in the New Testament about 120, over 120 times. And about two-thirds of that was used by the Apostle Paul, which is why they call him the Apostle of Grace. So if we're going to explore, if we're going to study huh, this word called grace, where would you go? Some people would say I'd go um, to Miriam's Dictionary. You see why I say come with me spiritually this morning? Huh! The limitations that are in the intellect. You can't find God there. We have to go to the word of God. Amen? Romans 3 and verses 23. Just to confirm what we just said. Romans 3 and verses 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have, have, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by His grace. Freely by His grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. All have sinned. And some folks that are first timers in church would go, When? What did I steal? You know, especially if you're like, eight years old and the only thing you have stolen is a, a couple of candies and then you would say what accusation what is this pastor accusing me of saying that all have sinned you see why we have to we have to keep the gospel at a level that everybody can understand it so when you understand that you're from the Adamic bloodline and that Adam failed in the garden of Eden and you and I came down that lineage that is the sin our forefathers all have sinned. We are born in sin. And we are looking at the little baby that we are bringing home and saying, what an innocent child. Give him three months and you will see sin. Give him one year oh, and you will, see, you will see attitude. We are born with a sin nature inside of us. I have to make account for folks that are here this morning that have not surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. You have heard his name, but you don't know why. This big ado about his name. Well, the big ado is that we're all born in sin. We're all heading to a place called eternal damnation, hell, without Jesus Christ and, and receiving his message. And that is the truth. So we're going to do two things this morning. Apart from expressing this revelation, oh, in the context of power, we're going to express this revelation in the context of souls being saved and, and the kingdom of heaven being populated. So we're going to do two things. We're going to keep it very simple. Oh, I feel the spirit of God moving me in this area this morning. Let's go to uh, Romans 11. And verses 5. It says, Even so then, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no longer of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But, it is of, but if it is of works, it is no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. So we, we, have, we Christians, typically we understand what grace means. And the Bible is filled with scriptures talking about the goodness and the grace and the unmerited love of God. But this morning, we want to 
go into a deeper huh, understanding of the word grace that the apostle of grace paul himself huh, he chronicled this by the spirit of god huh, that man like you and i might walk in might and power and do the same work that jesus christ did amen why is it that you have not been anointed huh, accordingly as yet why and why is it that god huh, is gonna anoint different people in this congregation with different graces and mantles huh. and the people that you're sitting beside now huh. because God is gonna pour that oil on you that anointing on you huh. they're gonna go didn't I know Romaine I'm using Romaine as an example they're gonna go Romaine is not the same huh. because the anointing of God is gonna come on you and change him and turn him into another man huh. and this young man that we see is so simple huh. So relaxed. Huh. He's going to take an, another persona. Huh. And he's going to be releasing something from another dimension. Huh. That people are going to say, what happened to him? It happens through this revelation. It happens. Huh. And it will happen for you. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9. And verses 8. We're going to be quick this morning, guys. Huh. 2 Corinthians 9 and verses 8. Grace being used in another context. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you the same word is being used now and God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance of every good work huh! this word grace is being used in another context it's being used in terms of the ability in God in of God in man huh! the power of God in man that you might what does the scripture say here? God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Why? That you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance of every good work. An abundance of did, did not Jesus Christ have an abundance of every good work? When he was healing the sick, when he was casting out spirits, when he was opening blind eyes, when he was raising the dead. Huh, when he was multiplying food to feed thousands, thousands, was that not an expression of God? Was that not an ability of God? So know that you know that this is in God for you and I. The next thing you want to know is how to channel that thing out. Huh! How to channel this power from God. There's a way. There's a posture. Huh! Everything that you're doing, there's a posture to it. You want to get in the car and go somewhere? What do you do? You go in, you turn that key, and you begin to hit the gas. You, you are tired. You want rest. What is the posture? You don't go outside and walk around like this. You find somewhere comfortable, and you lay down. What is the posture that a man, that a woman should take? When you want God, huh? And the energy and power of the Spirit of God to function through Him. 
the scripture gave us revelation on that guys ha! the scripture gave us the key on that the predominant reason ha, why we are not releasing the power of God is because of lack of this understanding next scripture 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 7 Take the scripture here. Take the scripture here. Ha! Over the next couple of days. Meditate on this one, guys. Jack, how are you doing? You having fun in church? You're gonna have fun in church. You're gonna encounter Jesus Christ. And you're gonna see, you're gonna speak the same language that we speak. It's okay. There is a time where every one of us, something is being spoken to us, and we don't get it. For a while i was like that in school you know math was not my best you know but there were other guys that were thriving in math they were like and i'm like but english that i know because i read a lot but math was giving me a hard time man so for now it's okay you know just we understand that don't feel any pressure jesus loves you and he's gonna break it down huh! he's gonna break down the math equation huh! that you might have understanding why we are here jumping and kicking and screaming especially me week after week after week and your mom is dragging you here huh? right so give it a little bit of time give us a little bit of grace amen second corinthians 12 and verse 7. this is the key guys to power huh? unless i should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And this is the Lord's response. Paul, the apostle of grace, a man mightily used by God. Huh. Paul was preaching once. Imagine, he's preaching, hello? And somebody fell off in his ministration, off of a wall and fell, and they died. And Paul went back down there in the name of Jesus and rose that man up from the dead. Huh. And no, and yet still, there is something, listen, we can do the debate about what was the issue in his body. I know. Christians make a bigger do about that. Guys, I leave those things for people who like to argue and fight. Huh. Give me the power and let me go save the souls. Huh. And let the religious people argue about this and that. We are focusing on the power component this morning. Huh. We are focusing that the grace of God might come in your life. So he had this infirmity in his flesh. He had this weakness. And God, this mighty God. Huh. And he was having encounters with this God. In other words, he was seeing God's muscles. Huh. When you have... When you have interaction and, and uh, encounters with the Lord, what do, you what do you think you notice about him? I was walking in Vaughan. I, I often share my testimony. Huh. Oh, I was walking in Vaughan. I came out of my ninth floor apartment on Observatory three, Street in Richmond Hill. I came down on the elevator. Huh. And I was on my feet to the mall like this. And a voice came out of the sky huh, and spoke ten words to me. And it, I got a revelation from that. Like that that voice is God huh. I never heard a voice like that there is no man even if you every single human being on the planet no and, and get them to speak all at the same time huh. 
they would not even have 0.1% of the power that was in that voice. I knew it. I said, if that voice ever tell the sun, touch the, the earth, no. Oh, it would kiss the earth in a moment's time. Oh, I got that revelation. Oh, I didn't see nothing. Oh, just from hearing a voice, that understanding come. Paul was actually having these type of encounters with God. Oh, he knew what was inside of God. Oh, and he had this infirmity in his flesh. And he prayed to God. Huh. And he said, this thing, take it from me. The question as to whether or not he could do that was not relevant. He knew what God was capable of doing. And God said, no. Huh. Why? We have to grab this in the body of Christ. We have to grab this here. Or else we ain't doing nothing on God's behalf. Nothing. He's not using us. It doesn't matter which school you went to. Huh. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much connections you have. It doesn't matter how well you can speak and present. Ha! You don't have no, nothing to offer God. The earth is the Lord's. We often use the scripture, but we, are, we don't really believe it. God speaking to him. He said, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Huh! The strength of God. You see why I want to preach from down here this morning? I want to preach from here this morning. From a low place, guys. A low place. Because if I bring anything to God, huh! consistent with this flesh, this mind, my thoughts, my brain, my intellect. Next week when you come in, there will be somebody else preaching in this here. I will have no use for the master. So I, I beg, Lord, give me a place of meekness and give your church, your bride, a place of brokenness and weakness in our selves. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. The dimension of God, huh, that you have been seeing in your life, huh, is based on your weakness. And many of us are too strong. Many of us are too self-willed. And you know what? If God release his power on you, you're going to steal his glory. Huh. And God has spoken in his word that he will share his glory with no man. Ho! That means if, if a man is doing that, then God is going to come and check that man. Ho! He might take you off of the planet. So rather than anoint you and give it his power, he'll leave us walking in the church. And we are void of the expression of God. Because we don't want to take a place of weakness. We know too much on every topic in the Bible. Ho! Some Christians, the minute you go around them, they boom. They know every scripture, especially if we have good a memory bank when it comes down to scripture. Oh my, they kill you with it. Huh. They, they don't wait for the spirit of God to say, okay, you know, you know how I got this message, guys? I was sharing with the prayer team this morning. You know how I got this message? I came to church yesterday to have a conversation with the worship team and I had no word to deliver. And we met rose downstairs and we were just talking to her for a little bit and she mentioned the scripture to me this scripture here oh! 
She didn't even know. That's my message. The Spirit of God used her voice to give me this message this morning. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, listen to this now. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities. If some of us ever get sick, we ain't coming to church. And this man is saying he's boasting in infirmities. He's boasting in weakness. Ha! Why? I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. You know, those things that we believers hate, Paul is saying he took pleasure in those things. And we know that the power of God rested on him. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs. We boast when we have. Huh! And he's saying he's boasting in his lack. Huh! The science here is the opposite. We drive a fancy car. Huh! And we want everybody to see. Nothing's wrong with a fancy car, guys. But that is what we bring to church. This is, this is how God has blessed me and this is what we have to show. And he, Paul is taking pride in the fact that he didn't even take a bus to come up to, the, to preach. Not even a donkey. He traveled huh, in slippers and walked for miles. And all of the aristocrats come to listen to this man. He's the man with the power. The man who is sick. Huh, the man who is broke. The man who doesn't have a ride. Huh, and he come and take a place here because of this position of weakness. Huh, and he released God. Huh, he released the power of God and men are healed. Men are saved. He dispensed huh, the power of God. We don't want to do that today in the body of Christ. We don't want to. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see it? When I am weak, then... I am strong. That is the posture to release God. Who wants to take that posture? Huh! And let me tell you something, another thing. Guys, we often take a posture in Christ, a temporary posture. Let, pretty much on every revelation that we get, we take a temporary posture. Only for a period of time before we abandon that principle and go back into the old way of operation. God is looking now huh, for men that will die, men will, that will get weak and stay weak. Huh, that our ministries might be carried out to its fullness. That's why I said, let's take this thing into Wednesday. And when you come here Wednesday, we're going to take an example. We're going to study an example of a man that did this. Not in the Bible. You guys are probably familiar with this man. A man that his, his prayer before God was, Lord, you know, like always say, Lord, give me power, give me might, in a good way. He was saying, Lord, bend me, bend me, bend me. Huh! That was the man's prayer. When everybody else was praying something else in church, this man was saying, please, Lord, bend me, bend me, bend me, make me weak. 
and I'm going to show you by the grace of God and the Spirit how that man ha, through that prayer caused the power of God in a matter of months ha, in a matter of months one man ha, prayed like that and the power of God God could not resist the man's prayer and the power of God stormed his country stormed his country and emptied the bars emptied the soccer stadiums because of the miracles that God was doing and guys we say revival here if God can get a few people down here huh, that will stop comparing who have more revelations stop comparing who have more depth of the knowledge memory bank of scriptures huh. if he can get grab a few people like that a few people of humility huh, that will say bend me Lord and when we come here, we don't compete and compare with each other. We come in humility. Huh? The same result. And let me tell you something. Than that man, and greater. Because that man only bent for a time. He got back up. As soon as the power of God came, huh, and hit his country, he rose back up out of the bent state. Some people that we want to pray for. Some of us want to pray for some folks. The minute that we see them with an impediment in the body, we go, in the name of Jesus, go. That there is not even with the Holy Spirit. It's, it's man. We don't, we don't inquire of the Lord why they are in that bent state. Huh. If you ever take some of the infirmities and the things that are on some of the people that you know, let me tell you something. You are sending them the highway to hell. Huh. It must be the Spirit of God that bid you to do what you do. It's only from a bent state. Or else you're just going to want to take your anointing and parade it for everybody to see. Everybody you lay hands on. Everybody. The Spirit of God can't command the anointing, the power that He places on us. Because we don't stay bent. We don't stay humble. There's a science to this, guys. That's why God don't anoint people like that with power, with the healing and anointing. Even though He wants to heal, He knows what we're going to do with it. He can see our life. He's, we're, we're thinking, here we are. No, God sees the end of your life. He sees you, that you're going to walk away from, from him two years from now, two months from now, five years from now. And you're going to cause more harm to his body just because he anoints you. We're going to use it to build big churches and take up large offerings and become famous preachers. And God is not doing that. Let's go now to... Philippians, Philippians 3 and verses 1. Oh! Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. And he goes on, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. And look what he says. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. In the spirit. Don't worship God because you think you, you can do great work for God. That you think you have so much to offer God in your spiritual capacity. Worship God in the spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. No confidence in the flesh guys and let me tell you something the flesh has a mind it's not just this it has a mind 
That's why the Bible said to cast down every imagination and every high thing huh, that is in this mind that exalts itself above, above the knowledge of God. We're not doing that. We want there to be an expression of God that is affixed to us. And God is saying, no. Raise that man from the dead. Give me the glory. Preach to 100,000. 50,000 get saved. Give me the glory. Don't act like, no, you are the great apostle. You are the great evangelist. A position of weakness that is maintained. Paul speaking verses 3. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day. He's talking about his Jewish lineage now. And back in those days, if you were in the things of God, your boast would be whether or not you're from the tribe of Israel. One of the 12 tribes of Israel. And Paul, he was. He had every, everything to boast about when he came on to his religion. And it was all about religion. It was about nothing else but religion. If anyone, anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. A Hebrew of Hebrews. Concerning the law, a Pharisee. That means the, the, the Pharisees, they kept the law of Moses to the T in a mechanical sense. Concerning zeal, he had so much fire inside of him in regards to his belief system that he was prosecuting the church of Jesus Christ. Concerning righteousness, which is in the law, he says, blameless. He's listing the things that made him, huh, prior to coming Christ, to coming to Christ, who he was. But what things were gained to me? These I have counted loss for Christ. What is it today that you have that is giving you an identity, giving you strength, that is give, allowing you to think that you're somebody, but it's not connected to God? What is it? And you, you have that thing, you keep that thing, then you go to God and you're asking God for encounters. You're asking God for, you're praying to God for different things. And it seems as if the heaven is brazen. You see why the power of God rested on, on, on Paul? He got rid of that identity that he had before. Even if you're rich, even if you're educated, even if you're famous, once you come to Jesus Christ, you must understand, he has no use for that. You must submit everything. You must, must count everything as loss and understand that you're now dependent on him for everything. He's the one that had mercy on you that you might have an education, that you might have a job, that you might have a business. He's the one that allowed you to create in this wealth. It's just that we never knew this before. Know that you know it was his, that it was his mercy and his goodness and his grace that allowed you to get this education. What were you going to do? You're going to say, thank you. I didn't know it was you. And take a position knowing that all good and perfect if they come from above, from the Father of lights, is him. He causes his reign to, to reign on the just and also on the unjust. That means everybody that is enjoying anything outside. Elon Musk, the richest man in the world. He has no context where his money is from. 
where his riches is from. The man had, last I checked, he did not know Christ. He does not have a revelation of Jesus Christ. So he has no context why he's able to create all of his wealth. What would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? If he dies without making Jesus Christ the Lord of his life, Elon Musk is going to be in hell. And what's the owner of Amazon? What's his name? Jeff Bezos. If Jeff Bezos, Bezos died, a billionaire, hundreds of billions of dollars these men own. And yet still, if he die and dies and does not make Jesus Christ the Lord of his life, he's going to hell. What would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? God is the one that gives us all the ability to make wealth. I pray that they would come to Jesus before they die. Or is they going to regret that they made $500 billion and took it and went to the moon? What is it that's holding you back this morning? What is in your life that you value so much that you can't have greater encounters and revelation of Jesus Christ and you cannot release his power? Not just even for us that have been in the pew huh, for a while that God has released words over us and yesterday they have not come to pass we have not taken a posture of weakness we, are, we, we still think that there is some value in the things that we have huh, that we are somebody outside of God we need to take a posture this morning like Paul did but what things were gained to me verses 7 but what things were gained to me these I have counted loss for Christ Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. See that? The excellency of the knowledge. That's a man that knew how to count value. He found value. We need to take that perspective. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Have we suffered the loss of all things? That does not mean that if you're a millionaire, you take all your money and give it away necessarily. We're not saying that. But in a technical sense, I, I was in real estate, for example, and I was um, in this Canadian system here. I'm like, this place is ripe for another millionaire, and I'm the man for that. Actually, this place is ripe for another multi-millionaire, and I'm going to take the city of Toronto in real estate and do it and retire. That's my plan. And this plan, by God's grace, is working until I encounter Jesus Christ. And he told me, get out of that. He said, I woke up one morning and an angel whispered in my ear, start selling in May all of my real estate. I sold everything, count everything but loss, everything but dumb. What is it that we're holding on to? Personally, it doesn't have to be material. Because some people, the value that they have is in the intellect. Some people, it's a talent. It's just so happened that I was in real estate. What is hindering you from Christ huh? and this power and this expression of God and this higher re relationship with him? You need to check that this morning. You're paying more attention to that thing. <laughs> Maybe it's your job. You can, you can, you can uh, take a time off from church, from prayer, from reading the word. But you will limp and go into to work. And they see you with the limp walking around the office. Something is wrong. We don't know where value is. We need to redo the math. Why? We're spiritual people. The natural man does not understand the things of God. For they are spiritually discerned. We need to, we need to operate from the inner man that Christ rose. And use the wisdom that he has given to that man. 
and navigate this world, navigate this earth system. Verses 8, Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I might gain him, gain Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Look what it says, verses 10 now, the kicker, guys. Why did he take this posture and this position? That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. We don't want to identify with suffering. And the fellowship of his suffering, being, being made conformed to his death. And, the, and then he goes, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Oh my God. Basically, this posture of being broken before God, it's the ticket to heaven. It's the ticket into eternity. The man that thinks that he has something down here because he has an intellectual understanding of how we are supposed to live down here for 78 years and never open himself to this wisdom from God. Oh my God. Huh. Better for that man if his mom, like I always say, never met his dad and he never came on the earth. Jesus said this about Judas. Better for him if he had never been born. Huh. Judas that came on the earth and tasted of the best meals because he was a fisherman. Huh. How many fishes did he fry and sprinkle that salt and black pepper on it or whatever they had back then huh? and enjoyed? How many fam family gatherings did he have? Judas, the one that betrayed Jesus Christ and thought he was, whoa, you know, when you're on that beach huh, with your boat and you're rowing. Huh? And God is saying, better for that man if he had never been born. Hi! We have more. You see, you see, Jack, my friend, we have more to offer you here. Huh. And God is going to quicken your understanding that you see, Mike, we have more. We have eternity to offer you here. Amen. James 4, verses 6, it says, God resists the proud, but give grace to the humble. God resists the proud. Huh. What makes you proud? God will resist you because of this. Education makes us proud. Huh. Everything that we hold in this vessel here, in this mind here, dearly, we think the world needs it. You have to drop that thing if you want the power of God. You have to drop it if you want to see the healing anointing. Huh. You have to drop it if you want to go outside and preach this message of the cross of Jesus Christ and see the people repent and come to God. You have to drop it if you want to dispense the power of God. Hebrews 4.16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Come boldly and understand if you're a millionaire today, you're broke without Jesus. If you're a billionaire, like I said, you're broke without Jesus. We the people in the pews, let this be our, our, our position now. We have been in too many churches where they competed and compared everything. Financially, intellectually, I know Christians, oh my God. Intellectually, oh my father. 
because of the university that they went to. That is, when they come to church, that's what they bring. I don't know how come they do, some of them don't bring their certificate and stick it on their back. My, my um, whatever it is. That, you have to drop that thing. It can't be about your education. It can't be about your money. Not in this station here. That there is where you go parade in the secular world, in the secular space. When you go out with your co-workers after um, work and you're having, um, they're drinking, then you can say, oh, this is what I, that has value out there. If you came into the, into the church of Jesus Christ, somebody didn't properly inform you, this is not the station for that. This is a place where the power of God is allowed to shine. Here, that's what we're going to do. From a broken state, I don't have nothing to offer except Jesus Christ and Him only. Amen? We want the power of God to come in this church. And the science huh, necessary for revival and the power of God, we are laying out. We are laying out. Because like I said, if you lose this posture, how many anointed men? Go, you know, the Lord had me, permitted me to take three years off of work and stay home. You know what I did? Pray and read the Bible and other books. The series on, of God's generals. So I read Smith Wigglesworth, Catherine Kuhlman. Catherine Kuhlman used to go to auditoriums. Huh! Go study her. She used to go to auditoriums and they would, they would bring every lame person in town. For one woman, the woman barely weighed 100, 100 pounds. They would lay, bring people on stretcher. Huh! Fish them out of hospital beds and bring for this woman. And this, listen, you know what happened when she was coming? People begin to, people that were going to her conferences, they began to get healed in their home. My God. Huh! Not at the conference. In their cars, on the way, they get healed. I have a city at home of her. You know what she said? She said, I know the day, I know the time, I know the moment when Catherine Coleman died. The minute that she died herself of God. Boom! It just came on her like that. Go and, go, go and look on YouTube. Read guys like Smith Wigglesworth. That's what we want here, guys. You see, we have a few empty chairs here. Don't worry about that. That's not our concern. Let me tell you what happened. If Jesus Christ himself, the living Christ that walked 2,000 years ago, I'm telling you, let's say we had the Toronto Raptors, you know, they won the NBA championship a few years ago, right? I don't know how many people were in the, in the streets. A sea of people were there because they won. And they were parading the championship. Huh! Let me tell you something. If Jesus Christ came, hello, and, and, dude like, and did like this, and stood like this, every eye will behold him. That little championship thing there, it will be like a dead dog. And the accolades that come with it, it will add up to nothing. Hey! But he promised that we that believe in him, the same works that he did, we will do and even greater works. Huh! So what, what, what are we going to do now? What will London have to say about Heaven's Lighthouse Ministries and this group of people here? Huh! Two years from now. Five years from now, ten years from now, if the Lord tarries. Huh! 
will we have taken the word of God ha! and then died ha! that the power of God might rest on us? Hey! It's our generation. It's our time. Will you take the do you Why do you not understand my speech? Ha! Understand the speech of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Understand the speech. Ha! And ask him for humility over the next three days. Huh. And even this morning, unless you're brand new or you have a unique situation this morning, I'm not praying for you. Unless you're brand new or you have a very unique situation this morning, if you need prayer, huh, meet with him there. And start the process of bending. Start the prayer of bending. And pray that prayer into tomorrow. Huh. And pray that prayer into Tuesday. Huh. And come in, come in here on Wednesday evening like this. In the spirit. Come weak. Huh. Come broken. Don't come in strength. Not before God. He might, he might put that power on you and say, square your shoulders. Huh. And take my town. Take my city. Take my people. Do it then. But don't forget. Because the minute huh, you become strong, you get back in the flesh, that power is gone. Hey! Oh, thank you, Jesus. There is no spiritual growth without this revelation. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your word. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we repent. Oh, my Father, we repent. We repent for pride. Oh my Lord, in your church we came, oh Lord, and thought we had something to offer. We thought we had something to give, and it was not you. We repent this moment. We repent for competing with each other, oh Lord, forgive us. We competed, we paraded huh, our accomplishments, even those that you gave us, which is everything you gave to us. We took them. Huh, as our own we own them we identified with them as our abilities and our talents we did not give you thanks we repent we repent oh lord for you gave us the ability to learn and we paraded our accomplishments oh, we paraded our finances our assets oh, we paraded our beauty oh give us grace this morning we pray and forgive us oh lord forgive us and teach us like you taught Paul. Humility, lowliness, brokenness. Father, in Jesus' name, let this not be a revelation for this church, for this ministry. Huh! But let this be a revelation activated in the body of Christ, O oh Lord. That the power of Christ might rest on us, O oh Lord. That truly we might be your ambassadors. We might be the witnesses to your resurrection, O oh God. And we might claim the lost souls, O oh Lord. For your words so that you will share your honor with no man. Forgive us this morning, O oh Lord. And we pray in these next three days, huh, let that revelation and the reality of how to walk it out, huh, let it be honed in us, O oh Lord. And take every high thing and break it out of us. Huh, that we might be children of humility, lowliness, brokenness. That your power might rest on us. We ask that blessing over this congregation. And we pray for the greater body of Christ, O oh Lord. Huh. In the name of Jesus Christ, thank you, Father.